When I am asked to sacrifice something for other people, like what TV show I want to watch or what I want to eat for dinner, I might do it because I want someone to appreciate the good deed I'm doing for them. But Jesus, on that first Easter, sacrificed everything for people who, in many cases, don't really care. Would I sacrifice myself the way he did for people like that? No. But he did. And that's what this episode is all about. This is Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. And I'm your host, Greg McCollum. I'm going to tell you a story. A story that will inspire you and help you move closer to God through the small stuff in your life. A story to give you a glimpse of God that will surprise you with its simplicity and amaze you with its message. I know all about sacrifice. I mean, sometimes I sacrifice what I want for dinner because someone else wants something else. Sometimes I even let other people pick the radio station we listen to in my car rather than insisting on my own station. I know what it's like to sacrifice my choice in television shows or sporting events, travel plans, or vacation destinations. I've sacrificed myself for other people when it comes to furniture, food, fireplace accessories. I've sacrificed my claim to certain concerts or cars or coffee or candy. I've sacrificed getting my own way when it comes to movies, magazines, meat toppings on pizza. I've even sacrificed my turn in line at Starbucks, for goodness sakes. Sometimes I sacrifice for someone else because I want to be the good guy. Sometimes I do it because I want to avoid arguments or hard feelings. Sometimes I just want to make someone else happy. But most of the time, to be honest, I do it because I want to get something in return, like admiration, respect, and maybe a healthy dose of appreciation and gratitude. In other words, I want an ego boost. I actually want it to be about me in the end. It's so much easier to sacrifice when I know I'm going to get something back in the bargain, especially when the positive feedback I seek is immediate and significant. Give me a pat on the back and I'll give you the shirt off my back. How much more difficult it would be, though, if my sacrificial good deeds went unnoticed, or worse still, if they were met with ridicule and scorn. Would I be willing to sacrifice myself at all if that were the case? 
Or would I decide to start looking out for number one instead and let all the rest of the world worry about itself without me? When I think about it that way, I'm even more amazed by what Jesus did on the cross. It wasn't pizza toppings or a television show that Jesus sacrificed. It wasn't a radio station or a vacation destination. It wasn't even a spot in line at Starbucks. Jesus went to the cross to offer himself as a sacrifice for me. It was his flesh that was torn by a crown of thorns and by the steel nails piercing his hands and feet. It was his blood that flowed from a beaten face and a scourged back. It was his humiliation that was heaped upon him as he was mocked and derided, insulted and deserted, spat upon and struck over and over as a pawn in a sadistic game played by soldiers. When it should have been ours, it should have been mine, it should have been yours, our flesh, our blood, our humiliation. Because we are the guilty ones. We are the ones who sinned. The punishment which Jesus bore on the cross of Calvary was our punishment, not his. He was innocent, sinless, free, free to choose thanks to his innocence. He could have chosen to look out for number one, and by so doing, avoided all the suffering. He could have made it all about him and chosen to go back to heaven without us. He could have summoned an army of angels to come and destroy his enemies. Instead, he chose the hard way. He sacrificed himself so we could claim salvation through him. Without his sacrifice, there would be no forgiveness which would lead to eternity in God's presence. So Jesus chose the hard way even though his sacrifice cost him everything, and by doing so, he made it easy for us. He made it all about me after all. Here's how Paul describes it in a letter he wrote to the believers in Rome. Paul said, By now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. What I can't understand, though, is why Jesus did it, even though he knew he would receive so little in return. As he hung on the cross, most of his disciples had run away and were in hiding. One of them had betrayed him and one had denied him. No one else tried to intervene on his behalf, that is, until it was time to find a tomb. No one tried to help him escape. No one challenged the charges that were brought against him. No one offered to take his place, even though he was taking theirs. Where were all the people he had healed? Where were all the people he had taught? Where were all the people he had loved? Where were all the people who had seen his miracles? Where were all the people who, just a few days beforehand, had shouted, Hosanna! 
and threw palm branches in front of him as he came riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. No, there was no appreciation for what he was doing, no gratitude, no positive feedback of any kind, except by a lone, dying thief who was suffering on the cross next to him. In the thousands of years since, millions of people have realized what happened on the cross and at the empty tomb, and they have raised their voices and given their lives in praise to him. Their thanks echoes down the corridors of centuries gone by to the present day. But during that same time, millions of others have ignored him. They've been hostile towards him. They've decided he was either delusional or a fraud or maybe just a good man and a great teacher at best. Yet knowing all of that, Jesus still chose to sacrifice himself for all of them and for you. I can't even imagine what that kind of sacrifice must be like or what kind of God would choose it for himself instead of leaving it to me when I'm the one who deserve it. I'm the one whose fault it is. Wait a minute. I do know, actually. He is the God of Easter morning, who has been resurrected in glory. His glorious sacrifice makes it possible for you to reach out at Easter. And any day, actually, you can take his hand, those nail-scarred hands, And he can lift you up. He can lift you up into his presence. Any day, you can take his hand where the nail print is now changed into the shape of a heart. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, He never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification. He never used words like those to describe himself, God, God's word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters and french fries, all revealing something unique about God who meets you in real life ways every day.